up everyone and welcome to the weekly Q&A. For our first question, Elliot Finn and Cameron Story ask our thoughts on Andor's delay. Yeah, I'm not happy about it. I was pretty bummed when I saw the news. Yeah, it just, it feels like a whole nother month, but realistically what, it's three weeks? It's three weeks. It's almost a month. So... It's 21 days. Yeah, it's exactly three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> it just sucked that we weren't going to get anything after all in, in August. Yeah. So... I mean, it was like, you know, in my mind, it's mentally like, we're getting new live action Star Wars in August 31st, and it's like... <laughs> I think even if it were only a week, I'd still be like, oh, nothing in August. Um, but yeah, it, it just, I guess more what frustrates me about it is that I feel like it's all because of outside forces and maybe some internal too with She-Hulk. Like, I think the primary thing is just trying to give Andor space to breathe. I think they're trying to put it in a spot where it's going to be most successful. So I do think they're acting I hope in the best interests of the series, it's just a bummer that uh, when my biggest fandom is the one that's being moved around. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of stuff coming out that week. We're getting a new Game of Thrones show. We're getting a new uh, Lord of the Rings show, which a lot of people are really excited about. It's a big time for nerds right now. And, yeah. and, so and She-Hulk comes out like two weeks before that. And we're going to have another another new Marvel show <laughs> to watch. So I, in that case, I'm okay with it because I do want it to have its own premiere. You know what I mean? Like its own week of excitement. Yes, completely agree that I don't want it to get lost in the shuffle. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I would have been sad if they delayed Rings of Power as well. I love Tolkien stuff, so I'm excited for that show. And if they had decided, you know what, we're going to let Andor keep this week and they moved, uh, I would have been bummed about that too. It's just like, there's so much stuff out right now. And it's so hard to dedicate the time to everything you want to see. So I understand the move mm -hmm. and, and making it like, okay, maybe we don't drop this in the middle of all these other major releases. Yeah. And like... I feel like as soon as Andor drops, that's going to kick off the rest of the year for Star Wars because during or after Andor, we're not quite sure when the Bad Batch is coming, but we're going to get Bad Batch season two. Well, that's another thing. Like, is this going to ripple out? Uh, because, yeah, you're right. There's there's still those, a lot those more. Those two were going to overlap either way, I think. They always were. Uh, Bad Batch's release date, as far as we know it now, is September 28th. So one week after Andor, Bad Batch is going to start. Uh, I don't think that that's as much of a concern for Disney. I think that the, you know, there are the regs, uh, to quote the Bad Batch, there will be the reg fans that are here for live action Star Wars and they don't really dip their toes into animation as much. So I, I don't think they're as worried about those two shows competing. I don't think. Yeah. But we just have so much to look forward to in the later half of this year. Uh, we're also getting new High Republic stuff in October. So I'm okay with it. The, the Andor is going to take us into November. Uh, we'll have December to kind of decompress, enjoy the holidays. And then what is it? Oh, the Bad Batch is probably still going to be on. <laughs> during the holidays? I, I would imagine so. Well, we'll have some time at some point before Mando season three starts. <laughs> yeah, I think so. 
and there's all you yeah tales of the jedi is coming uh don't know when that's gonna drop i do think it's interesting that they did announce earlier this week she hulk is going to be on the 18th instead of the 17th they're moving it to thursdays so i do think that that is a sign of things to come just for, for the Plus. Pre- just for the premiere or i think it's the whole series okay so i think that's a smart move i do too i think that disney plus is realizing like we have too much stuff and we they probably don't want to drop things friday so much because they don't want to compete with any films they release but there are a there's a monday through a thursday you can work <laughs> a with a lot of other days in there guys yeah. just spread them out we can we can move things away from just wednesday so maybe they'll start to spread things out maybe that'll happen with the bad batch that they they move it to thursday instead of wednesdays mm-hmm. but i do think that that's a good sign at least on the disney plus side of things mike levins wants to know if andor releasing three episodes at once means they will have shorter run times i don't think so a little while back tony gilroy said something about how many pages of script he had written for i can't remember if it was the entire season or the entire series but I I did some very loose math just based on the idea that uh, generally a page of script is 30 to 60 seconds of screen time. So if you averaged it all out, they came to about 40, 45 minutes an episode. Maybe it was closer to 50. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I I think that it's going to be pretty much the same as other Disney Plus series where, yeah, you might get a 30 minute episode in there, but it'll be balanced out by a 60 minute episode and Uh, The Hawkeye finale, I think, was a minute 10. So I'm expecting an average of 45 minutes an episode. I think that's a a good assumption. And, you know, the idea of having three episodes being dropped at once, maybe the first one is long and the next two are a little shorter. So then it'll, it'll feel about the length of a movie for those first three episodes. Yeah, like even if they are half an hour each, that's a 90 minute thing that we're getting to watch also since the original plan was to drop two at a time on august 31st and not three like i i don't really think that this is indicative of any sort of runtime it's more just again disney plus is like well we gotta finish this series before uh, this certain date so we'll drop three episodes instead of one again like it's a little bit frustrating to see all this stuff just coming down to them trying to schedule things and i do think they try to keep things flexible Mm -hmm. Uh, i saw someone point out that you'll notice for the mcu they announced all these things or the the schedule coming forward at comic-con all of the movies get release dates none of the tv shows do because i think that they are trying to be like when are we losing subscribers when do we need to drop a new show to keep the next round in like I think they want flexibility in their scheduling, mm-hmm. which just makes it hard for people like us, like play a tiny little violin <laughs> of, you know, we're like, okay, here's the day we're going to start covering this. And we start scheduling things around that. And then they're like, nope, we bumped it three weeks. And it's like, they did the same thing with Obi-Wan Kenobi mm-hmm. where we scheduled everything around celebration and that. And they're like, nope, you changed your flights for no reason. And I'm like, I just don't trust their release dates anymore, unfortunately. 
Yeah, it just seems like they're trying to optimize everything, really, really triangulate. Okay, when's the best time we can release this? How do we tweak this so where that doesn't run into the opening of this other show? And it's just like, whoa. Yeah. Like, like calm down. I don't think any of these delays for Andor have anything to do with the product or like, oh, we need a few more weeks to finish things up. Like, no, I, I just think it's them trying to, yeah, optimize their release schedule. Uh, now, which what is if, fine. But. What if this does have to do with triangulating some sort of release of like merchandise? That I would be okay with because so many people were upset with the, the fact that you couldn't get action figures and stuff for Book of Boba Fett when the show itself was out. I wonder, I mean, we, we could only hope. I doubt it, but we could be like, maybe this is because they have a bunch of toys that are Almost ready, not quite ready. <laughs> I think that's possible, but I don't think Disney would delay things just for the toy side of things. Like they'd seem to just be all in on Disney Plus and streaming and all of that. So I think that's their priority. But sure. you know, you never know. I don't know. I'm I, just speculating. I do think it all comes down to uh, the other big shows that are coming out that week. Yeah, it, that's just the popular theory. I think it makes complete sense. Um, and I did want to run it by you. What do you think of them dropping three episodes in one day? I'm okay with it. Like I said, it's going to equal out to be about the length of a feature-length film. Uh, so I'm okay with it. Yeah. It does suck, like you said, for, for us content creators. <laughs> it'll be a little bit harder to have to cover all of those three episodes at once for like our live stream sure. that day. Again, play your tiny violin, <laughs> boohoo for us, right? So <laughs> we're going to have fun either way. It's going to be great. Yeah. I, I think I wasn't even thinking of the content creation side. I was more just like, ah, oh, it's kind of a bummer that we're going to be a quarter of the way through the series in one day. Uh, now, that isn't as much of an issue as it felt like with Obi-Wan Kenobi when they were like two episodes day one and then a third episode like just a matter of days later. Yeah. So then we were halfway through the series in less than a week. This, you know, it's a 12-episode season, so it doesn't feel as bad. Like, mm -hmm. it's still going to last a good long while. Um, but that's just... I like having, you know, 12 solid weeks of Star Wars. Uh, that was exciting to me, and now it's like 8 or 9. Oh, well. <laughs> but with the other projects coming, who knows how many weeks in a row we're going to have Star Wars content. Yeah, watch. that's the thing is when the series is over, we're not going to be talking about this at all. We're not going to look back and be like, now, should they have released it on August 31st? Like, no one's going to care. The only reason we're talking about this now is because I'm like, I wanted it to start three weeks earlier. What I think happened is they were like, oh, you know what? Alex and Molly are going to Dragon Con that week. Let's push the date. <laughs> For once. For once, they were trying to help us out. <laughs> All right. Bindu of Ashla asks if we'll see a younger Jen Erso alongside Saw Gerrera in Andor. Yeah, we got our confirmation in the latest trailer that Saw Gerrera is in this thing, surprising no one. Uh, we all figured, and even Stellan Skarsgård dropped it in an interview once. He's like, I had so much fun filming with uh, Forrest Whitaker. That was, yeah, that was months ago. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> this surprises no one. It makes perfect sense for him to be included. Um, it's still nice to have it confirmed. I was still uh, excited to see him, but will Jin be there also? I don't think so. 
I don't think so either. I think that cheapens the story of Rogue One when Jin and Cassian first meet then. If they had met at some point earlier and he didn't realize it because she was like a younger girl, that's kind of like, oh, okay, well, meh. I, I am kind of like, yeah, it could go either way. She was left by Saw when she was 16. Uh, she's 21 in Rogue One, so that means that five years uh, before Rogue One, she and Saw parted ways, which is right when this season takes place. So it makes complete sense for her to be gone, or it could be right before all that happens. But I, I think probably it will be after they separated. I agree. I don't really think it adds much for them to have met and not known it really because mm -hmm. part of the whole story of rogue one is them meeting learning to trust each other and if they had already met and i don't even even had a conversation i guess it could have been a rough conversation but it, it just doesn't feel like it adds a whole lot for me yeah i i think in the case of andor saw Gerrera is there to show the more extreme militant side of the fight and I think it's important to show that side of him after having Jin out of the picture. Because it seems like maybe after they parted ways, he went even more extreme and like down his rabbit hole of getting like, okay, I don't have Jin to worry about now. I'm just I'm just slowly going a little bit crazy and that's okay. Yeah, I think that makes sense too. If you've read the book Rebel Rising, that's probably something that would be good to read before this just to get in to Saw's head. But uh, yeah, he did care for Jen. She was a concern of his that I think probably got in the way of uh, his extremism. He still did some pretty messed up stuff in that book though. And that's something I want to see in the series like i want saw to make the audience uncomfortable for rooting for the good guys the rebellion uh because he he goes way too far and i think that's part of what this series will explore i've been saying it the whole time of like andor saying i've done some terrible things for the rebellion and i need it to matter where i think saw is like i do terrible things every day i eat terrible things for breakfast <laughs> and he doesn't really care if it matters as much he just wants to hurt the empire Zacharias wants to know if live-action Star Wars gets weird enough. Uh, I think it, it certainly has its weird moments, but I don't think it really lives in the weird the way that some animation does, especially the comics. Basically, the smaller the audience is for something, I think the weirder Star Wars is willing to go. Yeah, I can see it being a little harder to get weird enough for live-action, uh, but it I mean, I guess it depends on what you consider to be weird. Uh, if we're talking, like, force weird, like we're talking the the mother and the daughter and the father. Wait, what was was there a mother? <laughs> uh, in Legends, there was. <laughs> All those guys. Uh, that's kind of what I would consider to be weird, and I think. I think that's where you might start to lose some of your live action audience being like, I don't understand any of this, so I'm not going to watch it. Right. I think that live action serves as the kind of foot in the door for a lot of people. It's the introduction to Star Wars. And yeah, there's some weird stuff, weird creatures. You got Borgullet and Rogue One. That's pretty weird. Borgullet. Borgullet. Um, but it's not World Between Worlds weird. It's not Mortis weird. Uh, it's not... 
force sensitive fungus in the Doctor Afro comics weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that it's definitely kind of like a funnel to see how far will someone go. I think that live action Star Wars could stand to be weirder. And I, I feel like it can go that direction as well, especially when we've been seeing uh, animated concepts being pulled into live action. Yeah, I, I see Star Wars as... In terms of ice cream, uh, the live action stuff is going to be very vanilla. And then animation, you get a little chocolate. And then some animation, you get a little, what's the three called? Oh, it's not sherbet, is it? No, the... <laughs> <laughs> We're not ice cream explained. <laughs> the, the like vanilla chocolate and strawberry. And then in like books and comics, you got your Rocky Roads. You got your Moose Tracks. That's the best stuff. Yeah. You got to get down there. Dig to the bottom, people. <laughs> so that's I think that's just going to be how it always is. Um, but live action does have potential to get weirder the more se- comfortable people are getting with these Disney Plus series coming out. Right. And I, I think we're going to see, I mean, it'll be interesting to watch how they introduce Thrawn and Ezra into things because... They were taken away by space whales to God knows where. Mm-hmm. That's kind of weird. Yeah. So I, I think it'll be fun for them to explain that in live action. So I, I do think that as Star Wars continues on with more and more live action, it will add more and more weird. I just don't know if they're going to do full on episodes within the world between worlds or Mortis or something like that. But I will be thrilled if they go that route. Caleb Diaz asks, what kept the Jedi from losing their way during the Mandalorian or Sith Wars? Right now, I would argue that we don't know that they didn't. I mean, I I think that's a big question the Jedi have to answer. The recent Obi-Wan comics have even been doing that, saying, like, what is the role of a Jedi during wartime? Mm -hmm. And I mean, it, it is to defend life, but how do you best do that while someone is trying to take life? Uh, sometimes a Jedi has to act and take life as well. So I don't know. Whenever there are these big galactic conflicts, I'm kind of like, it's possible they lost their way a bit every single time, but maybe there just wasn't a Palpatine ready to pounce and take advantage of that. And they they had some time to recover and refine their way. Yeah, I I think the simplest way that I see it is once they got more and more involved in the politics side mm-hmm. of war, uh, that's when, you know, that was kind of the, the last straw of them actually losing their way and, and losing to Palpatine and all of his various plans. Um, so I do think it was just like a little bit over time, kind of like the whole boiling pot of water and the frog. If you slowly boil the water, they don't realize it, you know, but if you toss them in boiling water, they do. So I think it's, it's... such a grim analogy. I, like we use it all the time, but <laughs> it works. Who's, who's boiling frogs? I don't know. Anyways, uh, politics. Don't get involved, Jedi. Well, it's it's the whole... Like they've been a part of the Republic or next to it for so long. But when you look at it in the High Republic, their motto their war cry almost is for light and life and then when we get to the clone wars it's for the republic and yeah the the more that they just became ingrained with the republic 
the more they were concerned with protecting the Republic and the idea of it and not the people within it. Um, so it's, yeah, like you said, like this could be a transition that happened over millennia that, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Sith Wars affected them a little bit and the Mandalorian Wars affected them a little bit. And just, we, we know that they changed pretty drastically between the High Republic and the Clone Wars. And I think the Acolyte is going to be exploring that. So, yeah, I don't know that they didn't lose their way in the Sith Wars. It, it may have just been that they lost it a little bit. And then mm-hmm. they lost a little bit more that, like, you know, war takes something from you every time it happens. Yeah. And, like, we're seeing this in real world stuff, too. It's it's It makes me think of the Republican Party and, like, conservatives just getting more and more and more and more entangled with religion and Christianity and how that's a big mess right now. Uh, and they're trying to take over the Constitution. So Could you do me a favor and not put politics in my Star Wars, though? I'm, Could you I'm, just do that I'm getting me? it in there. I'm stirring it in. How dare you? That's, that's never happened before. <laughs> <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. Yes, like, absolutely. Politics on both sides, not just conservatives, but that's just something that happens in the real world that some people may not realize is it's the same stuff as what happened in their Star Wars is happening now. Yeah. And like, to be clear, that was sarcastic, what I just said, that it's always been political. Lucas always saw it as political uh, and always saw it as anti-Nixon, for example. Um, so yeah, the Star Wars has always been related to what's happening in the real world. On to YouTube questions, S. Currup wants to know if Tales of the Jedi could mean we'll see Son of Dathomir or Dark Disciple retold. Certainly could happen. I don't really know that that's what they're going to do with Tales of the Jedi. The way that the first season was kind of presented at Star Wars Celebration, it's like a collection of stories, uh, I guess three for Ahsoka and three for Dooku. I think that's what they said that kind of goes through different points in their life. So I think that's more what they're going to do instead of one big arc. And Dark Disciple was going to be like a seven episode arc. Mm -hmm. Uh, So unless they made that the entire season, like I would rather them just do Dark Disciple or do Son of Dathomir as its own special. Yeah, it seems like the way Filoni explained it at the celebration panel these are these were gonna be moments that we've never seen before. These like little in between moments that we haven't seen in books or comics or anything uh, that that are just like little mini stories that he wants to tell. So, Dark Disciple having already been told in a book, I've always said that I would love to see that happen in animation someday. But yeah, like you said, Tales of the Jedi are like really condensed little stories and. It would be kind of a bummer if they condensed it that much, right? So I I don't I don't really want to see these particular stories told in that in that way. Yeah, I I wouldn't mind seeing them told on screen, but I'm also like I read them, I get it, I I'm okay if they just make new stuff. Lights on Trees asks how the High Republic will tie in with the rest of the franchise. I don't really think it has to. I mean, I think it will. I think we even talked about kind of how it will help tell the story of the Jedi over the course of generations. But 
I, one of the things I love about it is how much it stands alone. Mm -hmm. I mean, it already does tie into it in small little ways, like having Yoda and some of the other Jedi that we know were on the council, the, the, the really old ones that were on the council in the prequels. But yeah, just bec because we're showing the High Republic as this whole separate time period and when the Jedi were at their best, I don't really think we need to tie them together right now. Years down the road, maybe we could, because that's kind of how this whole thing tends to go. They'll do these little chunks of time and then slowly sprinkle in little in-between stories as time goes on. Yeah, and I, I do think that there will be connective tissue. We've already seen it uh, in the comics. The Rise of Kylo Ren referenced it before it even started. Uh, there was a character referenced in Padawan, the book that just came out. They have definitely connected to the High Republic, but I don't think that we need to find some grand plan where we learn that uh, Elzar Man is related to Poe Dameron or something <laughs> down the line. Like, uh, we don't need to do that. I I'm fine with a uh, little sprinkling in of Easter eggs occasionally, but it, it doesn't need to be something that when we get to episode 12... <laughs> Uh, the High Republic is like this instrumental thing. Mm -hmm. I, I like that we have these little different pockets. I think it would be interesting to take this concept and just go further backwards with it because we know there's interest in doing something in the Old Republic for Star Wars. So as we get into Phase 2, we're going back further in the timeline. So maybe we look at connective tissue from the Old Republic coming into the High Republic. Sure. Ares Storm wants to know if Jedi Temple Guards have fixed terms or are they permanent positions? Uh, I don't think we know for sure either way. And th that's definitely an interesting thing to explore because they're a very mysterious group with their masks and their yellow lightsabers. Uh, I, I do recall asking, I think, Pablo Hidalgo on Twitter about it a little bit like years ago. And I, I think he thought that it was something that you would kind of serve for a term and then go back to being a normal Jedi. But uh, that's never been stated in a story as far as I know. So I don't think that has to be set in stone. Yeah, I don't know. This, to me, it kind of feels like the vampire council that's happening right now and what we do in the shadows, uh, the TV show, which makes me think maybe it is terms and you can like, be brought into it, but I don't know if you necessarily can just decide to up and leave. Uh, no, I, I, I'm kind of thinking it's, it's got to be like jury duty or something where a Jedi gets a hollow telegram and it's like, okay, it's time to be a temple guard for a year or two. So come get your gown and your yellow lightsaber and your mask. Because <laughs> otherwise it feels like, I mean, it feels kind of like either a punishment or it's like, okay, I choose to live a life of a monk now. It's one or the other for it, me. It does almost like, I I don't really see it as a big honor right now. They, they haven't explored it enough. It very well might be. Um, but the fact that like the Grand Inquisitor was a temple guard and he definitely seemed to be hungry for power and knowledge. Like, I do wonder... If they were like, okay, let's 
keep an eye on him. Let's keep him close. And it's almost like a, uh, oh, what's that word? <laughs> like being on parole, where <laughs> basically you, you're on house arrest to a degree. I have no idea if that's what it's like, but just complete speculating on it, that's kind of how it feels sometimes. Yeah, it, it feels like having to get a certain number of hours of community service. So I don't know. I, I do like the idea of it being more like living a life as a monk or a nun. Like you dedicate the rest of your life to this. Because uh, otherwise, thinking of it like a punishment is is kind of rough. It's kind of, yeah, a bummer. And it, it feels like a better job for volunteers. Because then why would you take someone who, like now that I have said all that out loud, I'm like, why would you take someone like that and then make him the guard of your temple where it does end poorly? I mean, Henry Gilroy said at a Dragon Con panel a few years ago that it's like, yeah, why aren't there other temple guards uh, in Revenge of the Sith? Of course, it's because uh, they didn't exist yet. But we can also say that it's because the Grand Inquisitor betrayed and killed them all before Anakin stormed the temple. And I'm like, yep, that sounds bad. Yeah. Ardig Varkin asks, how far away from the Jedi, Sith, and Skywalkers Star Wars can go while still feeling like Star Wars? So this kind of plays into a little bit about the the weird question. Like, how weird can we get and still have this feel like Star Wars? Yeah. I think they can move far away from it. I mean, I think that even Andor might be a little bit of a litmus test because I don't know that we're going to see any Jedi or Sith in there. I mean, we might see the Emperor who is a Sith, but I don't think he's going to be shooting force lightning around. Uh, I, I think we're going to be stepping into a world w- without the Skywalkers or the Force so much, uh, at least not in the Jedi and the Sith. Yeah, I mean, we saw it for for most of the Mandalorian until ha- Luke had to go and show up and get involved. <laughs> Which... <laughs> Anyways. What a drama queen. Oh my gosh. He just has to be involved in everything. (laughs) But yeah, Andor and Mandalorian minus Luke and Ahsoka, I guess. Like, those things don't have a lot of Jedi or Sith elements to them. You have Grogu with the Force, but yeah, for a while. I mean, yeah, early on. I think when you go early on with the Mandalorian, it's basically what you're talking about. It's in a familiar era. There are familiar aspects that still keep it Star Wars, but you can use the Force. You can have the Force be involved without the Jedi or the Sith. Uh, you can tell a Star Wars story without it being related to the Skywalkers. Um, the High Republic obviously has the Jedi in it. So, yeah, I, I think that you could jump way, way back in time and tell a story without the Skywalkers where. There aren't Jedi yet, there aren't Sith yet, but there's still the Force. Like, light and dark are still always going to be at odds. Mm-hmm. So I think that you can separate yourself from some of those basic ideas and still keep it familiar. Yeah, I mean, Andor is like everything about what we're talking about. It's really going to dig into the politics side and the side of just the regular people of of these worlds living under the oppression of a, a new empire. So I think we're going to see this play out in Andor and then hopefully 
it's great and people love it and we can continue to explore storytelling for Star Wars that doesn't necessarily involve the big ideas like Jedi or Sith. Although I don't want to get too far away from that stuff because that stuff is fun. Yeah, and I don't really either. Like, I think that the Skywalkers are kind of the big thing. And this era, you know, we've been in this same 60 years for a long time and the High Republic is starting to step out of that. I'd be really interested to see how a story like Andor was handled during the High Republic, where it's like, yeah, the Jedi are around, but we're not dealing with them this time. Yeah. Like, you know, th- there still have to be some familiar elements, whether they're spaceships or blasters or lightsabers or Mandalorian helmets. Like, mm-hmm. you got to somehow ground it in Star Wars, but you don't need, like, everything. Yeah. And you got to, you know, we keep harping on the idea of what the casual Star Wars fans will enjoy. If you ask a casual Star Wars fan what they would want to see, they're going to say Jedi or Sith or, you know, Mando worked because it's like, well, how about a cowboy and a baby? (laughs) That sounds good. It sure does. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, it'll take time, but we'll get there. More cowboys and babies in Star Wars. Those are now familiar elements. I mean, we saw it basically (laughs) in the Bad Batch as well. Uh, Just give me a cowboy and a baby set way, way in the past. Mm -hmm. Look who's talking now. (laughs) But Star Wars. That's all the time we have for questions today. If you want to leave a question for next week's video, just put it in the comments below or sign up for Patreon to join our weekly Q&A discussion. If you haven't already, please like this video, subscribe to the channel. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And as always, thanks for watching, and may the Force be with you.